0: super talk mississippi media production this is jack hoffman for nearly 31 years tico steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in jackson mississippi i would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality sizzling steaks and healthy pork beverages east county lime road in ridgeland 601-956-1030 you're listening to the rebel report podcast where it's all old mess all the time Here's your host, Michael Borkey. Woo! Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borkey. Have you taken a breath yet after that one? What a game. Ole Miss Survives. That's the title of this one. Ole Miss Survives, Texas AM. What a win. What a game. Uh, I hope that your blood pressure has, has come down a little bit. I hope you are able to relax and enjoy your drinks and watch football for the rest of the day and the rest of the weekend, because whoo that was uh, that was something, wasn't it? Wow! So we're here to talk about it. Obviously, Ole Miss beats Texas A&M. They survive. They move to eight and one on the season with Georgia on the horizon. This is the Rebel Report. on Michael Borkey. If you're listening on the website, Plot, your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. Follow me on social media, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. You can find me there. Uh, this was recorded immediately after the game, and so, uh, you know, it's... It's, uh, there's high energy because regardless of your viewing interest of that football game, if you're the biggest Ole Miss fan or just kind of an Ole Miss fan or could not care at all about either team on the field, you had fun watching that one. Before we get into that, I want to tell you that the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website, absms.com. Advantage Business Systems has you covered for all of your office technology needs. If you are a Mississippi Business. Tell them I sent you and you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment, ABSMS dot com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got sixteen locations scattered across the state uh of mississippi so there's likely one in your backyard they make you a priority with their online banking system it's a one-stop shop so you don't need multiple apps to do whatever you need to do with your money at priority one bank because they make you their priority all right here it is post-game reaction show Ole miss beats texas a&m survives in oxford always but uh real quick box score house cleaning is what i call it uh, just kind of running through the, the big-picture stats, and then we'll get into your comments and react to the game together. Jackson Dart, 24-33, of 387, two touchdowns. And, uh, I mean, look, Texas A&M was exactly as advertised. We spent the week on the radio show talking about it. We spent a lot of time with you guys uh, here on the live stream talking about the challenges that Texas A&M presented Old Miss today. And, and they were exactly as advertised. It's an athletic, talented, deep defensive front, and they showed that today. Ole Miss early on um, exploited what what clearly they thought was a mismatch uh, on the quick passing game, and then it led to big stuff over the top. And and Jackson Dart reminded people. He had had a, a, a rough couple of weeks for his standards, uh, I mean, with Arkansas and, and Vanderbilt, and he reminded everybody who he was uh, today. Uh, toughness, he got hit a good bit because of that really talented and explosive Texas A&M defensive front. And just made great pass after great pass, and it helps when you have a guy like Trey Harris. But Dart was really, really good today uh, for Ole Miss. He was uh, he he was reminding everybody who he uh, who he was today. Quinshawn Judkins got over the hundred uh, yard mark today. Twenty three carries, four point four per carry, three touchdowns. You knew Ole Miss was going to have some kind of trouble uh, running the football against that defensive front. Uh, Judkins. Ran physical and tough today. He was really difficult to bring down. Uh, Bentley only 19 yards on, on just six carries. Uh, the story of the day for Ole Miss is is Trey Harris. 11 catches, 213 yards and a touchdown. A&M tried to single cover him early in man-to-man. It didn't work. They tried to bracket cover him. It didn't work. They double covered him. It, it didn't work. I mean, Trey Harris, I, I said on Twitter, and it bears repeating, I think, that Trey Harris is going to be the next Ole Miss wide receiver that gets drafted in the second round and then by year two in the nfl every everybody's going to wonder like what the hell like how did this guy fall to the uh the second round dayton wade had four catches for 80 yards watkins 5 for 47 Caden pre had a couple of catches for 33 yards and one of the worst holding penalties called on him that i have ever seen max johnson on the other side for a and m 305 yards 31 to 42 passing he was tough today i, I admired his game today he made a handful of, frankly, really bad throws, two of which should have been picked off on the final drive. They, they never should have had a chance at the end of the game to kick that uh, that last second field goal. Uh, but uh, despite that, he was hit all game long, and he still stayed in and, and played well, did Max Johnson. I, I really respected his game today and and liked what I saw. He was tough today, and, uh, and I admired that, uh, especially on the road, playing well in the second half. Uh, did he? Daniels for A&M. Uh, had 70 yards. I mean, A&M had 305 passing yards on 42 attempts and 152 rushing yards on 36 attempts. It was not a banner day uh, for the Ole Miss defense, especially in, in the second half. So um I'll pull up the scoring summary here. Uh or, or just, I'll tell you what, here's the drive chart, actually. In the second half for for Texas A&M, um, Wait, hold on. There we go. Okay, sorry. I found it. Um, They threw the interception, but it was a 70-yard drive. 12-play, 70-yard drive through the interception in Ole Miss's end zone. Went five-play, 75 yards touchdown. Nine-play, 75 yards touchdown. 12-play, 67 yards for a touchdown. And then uh, could not score uh, with, what is it, a minute 40 left and a pair of timeouts. And, And Ole Miss got the stop when they needed to. But A&M really uh, dominated uh, Ole Miss. Uh, A&M's offense dominated Ole Miss in, uh, in the second half. But uh, the, the drive of the game was uh, the last one for the Ole Miss offense. So it was a nine-play, 75-yard drive. They get the ball. Uh, well, it, w- it was six minutes left, right? And Wasn't that the case? Look, let's see, just to make sure. No, excuse me, 4.30 left is uh, when Texas A&M kicked that extra point. Ole Miss got the ball back down four and you probably felt like this was their last possession of the game you had Trey Harris for a 19 yard catch I think that was on the sidelines if I remember correctly then you had the pass interference penalty when Dart got hit ball flur- fluttered up in the air but it was a, the right call Judkins for nine yards Judkins for nine yards Trey Harris for four yards Judkins for one yard Judkins for 15 yards Judkins for the touchdown touchdown that, uh, that was the drive of the game. The Ole Miss offense stepped up really all day. I mean, when you look at the team stats for Ole Miss, well, they had 26 first downs, were 4 of 11 on third down, which is not great, but not bad. They did get their one fourth down. Almost 520 total yards for the Ole Miss offense against that defense, who has been leading the SEC in basically every meaningful category. Uh, scoring defense for aM has been exceptional. Uh, They really get after the quarterback, as we talked about all week. And all that remained true. To have 518 yards of offense against that A&M defense is a really good day for uh, for the Ole Miss offense. So they survived. Vegas is really, 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 really good at this. What was it? Like 86% of the public money was on Ole Miss, and that line didn't budge. They kept it at three. And it's a three-point game. The odds makers are really freaking good at their jobs, guys. They are just really, really good at their jobs. But Ole Miss survives, sets up an absolute free shot with Georgia next weekend. Uh, I mean, there's very little consequences of losing that game in the big picture. Now it would eliminate them from playoff contention, contention but you get my point. You can take a free shot, an absolute free shot with, uh, with Texas uh, – excuse me. Having beaten Texas A&M with Georgia next weekend – and look, take your free shot. Put it all on the line because the week after the Georgia game, it's Louisiana Monroe. So you don't have to fear of a letdown a, a week later. So that's uh, that's the game kind of in summary. And uh, for the next however long this keeps momentum, I'm going to read your chat and uh, we'll talk about the game. So uh, glad you guys are with me. I uh, appreciate you. And let's talk about it. I think Ole Miss should start paying for all of our anxiety medication. Watching these games, ten and two, here we come. Go Rebs! Says Will. Bo says Ole Miss by them. Midwest Picker says everything. Replay went Texas A&M's way, and they gave them so many opportunities on defense. Um, so the the Gaddy interception w- was not. That, that was the that was the the correct call. I am shocked that they turned over that long pass that wasn't a touchdown that set up a touchdown. I mean, if they'd have called it a catch on the field, it would have been fine with that standing. But when his hands were on top of the ball and the nose of the football hits the ground, and then it moves as it hits the ground, you can overturn that. I I, I don't know. I don't know about that one, but I mean, I guess it worked out for Ole Miss in the end, but still, I, I don't know about overturning that one. Um, there were some ticky-tack calls like A&M got called for an offensive pass interference that I I I think I would have been fine with them not throwing the flag um there was a really cheap um uh, defensive holding call uh, on the Ole miss secondary on a third down stop that was that was really really cheap uh i mean the receiver essentially slipped into Saunders and he kind of like they like got turned around cuz he slipped and they called a holding but that ended up uh, ending in an interception for A and M anyway. The hold on pre-scorn was that negated that long Judkins run was the seriously, and I'm not exaggerating. I'm not being hyperbolic. That was the single worst holding call I've ever seen. Seriously, these you could not find me a worse holding call. You can maybe find comparable ones that are like on the same tier. You could not possibly find a worse holding call than, uh, than, than that one right there. The crew had a really, really bad day today. There, there's uh there's no doubt. Gary says a win is a win. Absolutely. And look, we spent all week talking about how difficult this game was going to be. A and M was, was a weird matchup for, for this Ole Miss team. And I mean, they really presented problems up front on the defensive line. And I mean, look, if we're being honest, if Ole Miss doesn't get the field goal blocked in an A and M touchdown, uh, a 10 point swing there I mean it's 17 to nothing and, and this game is, is probably not anywhere close so uh, I mean that that's that's a bad play from, from Ole Miss's perspective that that's shooting yourself in the foot getting a field goal blocked in, in that manner um, so if they just execute there you're probably not in this position right now um, Ole Miss was the better team today they were. The, the, the better football team won the game, for sure. That don't, that doesn't always happen. I mean, sometimes freaky stuff goes on on, on football fields, as you guys know. But today, the, the the better team won. I think if if the field goal goes through there, instead of gets blocked in return for a touchdown, we're probably having a different conversation, frankly, uh, about this game. So, Lane Kiffin with the play of the game, icing the kicker. Hey, you can only do that once now. He had multiple timeouts. So you're only allowed to, uh, to to do that once. Uh, anymore so uh he, he hey it worked did did that get blocked uh, you know honestly once that happened I came in here to get this set up so I didn't see the replay of whether or not the ball actually got blocked he's a much better kicker than that what was that a 47 yard field goal that he missed like short and right so did that get blocked because um, because I didn't stick around to watch the replay I, I came right in here to uh to get to get this ready Trey Harris gives you A.J. Brown vibes. I mean, he was a- absolutely beyond beyond special today. I had a bit of a hot take on the radio show this week. We were talking about the, uh, the Connerly, and I said, you know, the obvious answer is Jackson Dart, and I get it. But Trey Harris, I, I think, is the best player at his position in-, in the state of Mississippi this year. And the other two guys are like, ah, no, you're overthinking it. Nope. No, I'm not overthinking it uh, at all. I'm telling you, they-, they tried to man-cover him. Didn't work. They tried to zone bracket cover him, didn't work. They doubled him at some points, didn't work. Uh, I mean, he made exceptionally physical catches, finesse catches. He's good in space. He's good after the catch, and his quarterback put it on him. Um, That that was a special, special performance. And, you know, Ole Miss receivers have had more yards in in the past, but having 213 yards against that defense – is is different you know that's that's not the mingo game against vanderbilt two years ago i'm sorry this is just so much better in my opinion considering the opponent so um yeah he was absolutely special today woo what a game no doubt that was a really fun football game to watch this game had all the drama of fourth and 25 the Ole miss teams of the past lose this game isn't that a theme this season bo i mean that's just kind of a theme this season something about this team is different you say they have a killer instinct that we haven't seen before. That, that's the theme. That that's why they're in the position that they're in. Um, you know, people have talked about, and I think they're right that that this isn't a great team. You know, they, they they're, they're limited in some spots. I think they could be better on the offensive line. Uh, they've got a lot of really good pieces on the defensive line, but they don't have that, that like dominating. Guy, I think there's a lot of uh, positions uh, on defense where they feel like they're going to be able to upgrade over the next couple of years under Pete Golding. But man, they are great at doing things when they absolutely have to. So it's not a great team from a talent or ceiling perspective. You know, I, I think that there are roster limitations compared to that of Georgia, uh, even Alabama, and, and some of these teams. Like like Ohio State, for example, I, I think Ole Miss's ceiling is is lower uh, than theirs, and and that's okay. I mean, there, there's there's nothing wrong with that at all. But where they where they excel is at no point in the game is the game lost. Um, I, I mean, to, to put together the drive that they did after they go down four late in the fourth quarter, that that is that's mental stuff. This is a this is a great mental team. So it's a it's a really really good. Football team, don't get me wrong. When I say they're not great, that, that's not an insult. They're really, really good. They're great mental. They're great upstairs. That, that, that is why they're that, 8-1. and That is why they're, they're going to be a heavy favorite to go back to an access bowl and win 10 games. The, the, the mental makeup of that football team is great. It is special. It is all of those adjectives you want to use. And this game is, is yet another example of, of that they're supposed to be going up big field goal gets blocked return for a touchdown they come back and they score a touchdown again but A&M scores right before the half and then they're just running down the field on you in the second half they're just running down the field on you and the offense stepped up when they had struggled the last couple of weeks and then the defense gets a stop there at the end uh, when they absolutely have to and they won the game Um, it's they they are great Upstairs is is how I would describe this football team. They're really good. They've got really good quarterback play. They've got an elite level wide receiver and a pair of really good wide receivers. You know, don't get me wrong. They're really good in a lot of spots. They are great, though. Mental pre-scoring blocks too good. Yeah, not on that holding play. He barely. T- I mean, he that the the single worst holding call I've ever seen. Seriously. Thank Christ I'll Miss' defense. Worst second-half game came against Texas A&M. Yep, and then still there at the end, they got the stop when they had to. Should have had two interceptions there, but uh, anyway. What are my thoughts on Kiffin going for two early in the game? I didn't hate it the way some people did. I I really don't like – and I try not to, and sometimes I still do it. I really don't like criticizing or analyzing decisions based on if they work or not. And so – when you moved right down the football field and then you get a penalty. So it wasn't a regular two point conversion. It was from the one yard line instead of the two and a half, right? Or the one and a third, you get my point. So they're from the one yard line instead of the two and a half. I I really don't mind it there. If they get it, Lane looks like a genius. If if that they didn't, he looked, you know, like a fool, but because of the penalty, I don't mind. I I really don't mind that there, even though it, uh, it didn't work. and. And that play is usually a pretty successful one. A&M uh, defended that really well. But the, the Saints, shout out to the Saints, um, they, they used to do that under Breeze a lot. That little quick screen right there on the goal line, um, it just didn't work that time. But I, I'm not going to criticize that decision in, uh, in hindsight. Um, but the, that they didn't get it, it definitely kind of made that game feel weird there for a little bit. But anyway... Dart is officially out of his slump when he had to be. When he had to be. He was really, really good today. Um, accurate passes. I mean, he was getting hit. He was under duress a lot uh, because you knew he was going to be. And uh, there was one play in particular where he threw. And it was a great catch, of course, by, by Harris um, on the far sideline. But Dart got smoked. And he knew he was getting smoked because he's looking for Harris. So he sees the defender is in between Harris and him. He knows he's about to get smoked. And stepped in and delivered the ball anyway, knowing that he's about to get hit and hit hard. That's the kind. That's the mental stuff that I'm talking about with him and with that team. That was why he was so special today. I mean, he placed accurate footballs and, and he hung tough uh, d- despite a really physical defense. So, other than a last-second field goal, Ole Miss has figured out how to win in almost every possible scenario this thus far. That's a really good point, actually. I mean, they've. They've had to do it with offense. They've had to do it with defense. Um, they've they've had to do it by by scoring at will for four quarters. That they've had to do it. I mean, yeah, you're yeah, absolutely. Your hair's officially well, oh, lost you. There you are. Your hair's officially gray. We should have put it away in the first half. You say, yeah, they should have. They absolutely should have, and um and they didn't, but they should have for uh, for sure. And they won anyway. In the last three years, Ole Miss is 7 and 2 against AM, LSU, and Auburn. How about that? How about that? That was Jimbo's last time to play Ole Miss at AM? Uh, possibly, although the talk, at least this week anyway, um, sounded like the AM people were not exactly keen on making that change. I mean, Ross Dellinger reported that. Uh, the the estimated buyout is not – remember, it's not just Jimbo. It's his entire staff and you have – I mean, are they going to go hire a coordinator? Hell no. So they, they're going to have to pay the buyout of whatever other coach that they hire. You're talking about a, a monetary investment going into next season of, I mean, possibly $125 million. And even a place like AM. And the economy being what it is right now, which is kind of a goofy thing to talk about on a sports platform. But guys, I mean that that's that's a real thing when you're talking about that volume of money when you're asking those same people to to pay for the players now as well. They're not, you know, you're not just asking your boosters to pay buyouts anymore. You're asking them to pay for your players too. So you're asking them to pay for this uber expensive roster, and now you're gonna ask them for that much money with economic uncertainty on the horizon. I don't know. I mean, there were A&M people talking this week as if it's not exactly a foregone conclusion that they move on from Jimbo. So. I I think that they're going to end up doing it, but I'm not quite sure that that cements it. But uh, either way. Absolutely massive. I mean, that was huge for so many levels. I mean, if. If they are able to take care of business, forget the Georgia game. Just pretend they lose that game. Uh, I mean, winning, beating Louisiana Monroe and then winning the Egg Bowl and going back to an Access Bowl for your second 10-win regular season in program history and both of those coming in the last three years uh, would be validation for Lane Kiffin. It would be validation for the program uh, as well. It, it, would pro- it would be proof of concept is the phrase that I used on, on a podcast this week that it would be proof of concept for, for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss and the investment and and how they're acquiring talent and the collective and, and all that. It would be an all-encompassing thing. But, yes, floor elevating is what it would be. Officials awful? Yeah, no doubt. Come down to Ocean Springs and get some tater nut donuts. It's the Peter Anderson Festival. Man, I'd love to. I would absolutely love to. I, I had the chance. I was, I was offered the chance to go to the Texas A&M game. Uh, excuse me. The Saints game uh, tomorrow, but I, I had to turn it down. I, I've got something that I've got to do to uh, tomorrow. So um, I, I I would. I, I've recommended people to stay in Ocean Springs and then drive to the Saints game because uh, I love it there so much. You and I talked about that before. I love it down there. You're exhausted after watching that game. Love you, Bork. I love you too, man. I appreciate you. The refs do not like contacts. No, no, they did not. A and him is a good win. Absolutely it is. It, it absolutely is. I mean, there's man, th- this was the kind of game, as we talked about all week, that you just win. Th- that, you, that you just win. That that's it. And and however you do it, you're thankful for it, you're happy about it, and and you move on. I mean, it's really that simple uh with, with a game like this. You just win a- and and be happy about it and satisfied with the win against this kind of roster and the spot that you were in and the way things got weird there on you for a little while. Yeah. You, uh, you just be happy about it. Does Ole Miss have any power to challenge to officiating? I feel like the officials have been a topic of conversation every week. Um, I assume that they're going to, to cut up some things and send it to the league office, but I mean, there are people, you know, I got a text about it. It was like, when does Keith Carter step up and do something? And, um, what the SEC should do and it's not a, a permanent fix by any stretch of the imagination but what the SEC should do because they have enough money is to make officials full-time employees that's what they should do um, again it, it wouldn't solve everything but instead of spending the week at their financial at their finance office in Birmingham or wherever these guys are um they're they're working on it they're they're practicing they're they're at practices and honing their craft and i mean you can use the same guys for football and basketball too i would assume um maybe that's a little bit more difficult but at least have some full-time crews where this is what they do um i just i think there's too much money on the line it's too big now uh to just have dudes with day jobs trying to figure this out as fast as the game is because it's so fast. I mean, if you've never stood at field level, it, it's so impossibly fast. And, and having to get everything right's an impossible thing to ask these guys to do. Uh, so I think that they should take some money and invest in, in full-time crews. Does that fix everything? No. No. But that, that would be something that if I were at these meetings, I would be talking about. as hey, look, it's a problem. Everybody talks about how it's a problem. It's not getting any better. In fact, it's possibly getting worse. Because the game is getting faster. The players are getting bigger and stronger and faster every year. And something needs to be done because there, there's too much on the line for it to be this uh, this bad. It's too much on the line. So kick did get tipped. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Uh, because it didn't look right uh, considering how good A&M's kicker is. So please, LSU beat Alabama. That one gets a little spicy tonight now, doesn't it? It, uh, it does. Clutch team, yes. That 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 is, yep. In different ways, different people at different times. Yeah, the O line played the game of their life against that defense. Yes, they they played really well. And you know that's weird to say because Dart still got hit a lot, and you know there were some TFLs in there, and they only ran for what four yards per carry is is all that they ran for. But yes, I agree with you. That that was a really good performance from the Ole Miss offensive line, considering what they are. Frankly. Hate to put it that way, but it's reality. And and what they were up against. So that that was a really good day for them uh, as well. Assuming that Ole Miss doesn't lay an egg against Louisiana Monroe, they have a perfect record at home. Lane Kiffin has been exceptional in vaught Hemingway Stadium. And uh exceptional. Say hi, Scotty, just so I know we are connected. Hi, Scotty. What's up, man? What's up? You've learned today that you don't like watching football. You like knowing the final score, then watching football. That's the beauty of 11 a.m. games, though, isn't it? That's the beauty of them is now for the rest of the day, you can pour yourself a drink. You can watch Missouri-Georgia bedlams going on right now. I mean, you've got Alabama-LSU tonight. You've got Mississippi State. If if you're a sicko, you want to watch Mississippi State play Kentucky like I'm going to have to, uh, to tonight. That will be on my big TV. God bless me. But – um yeah, you get to win, you get to pour yourself a drink, and then you just get to hang out for the rest of the day. You get to hang out uh, happy as, uh, as well. Has someone inspected Harris's gloves for glue dots? <laughs> uh, he's like the guy from The Replacements. Coach, I just – never mind. I probably shouldn't say that even though this is uh, not an FCC-regulated thing. Uh, good movie, though. Uh, Orlando Jones went to my high school. He is, I think, the most famous alum – from my high school that's goes to show what Malden is all about anyway is the Georgia game Ole Miss's biggest opportunity in modern history oh no doubt no I I, well I think so I mean the Arkansas fourth and 25 uh, right I mean going to the SEC championship uh, they need help to get to the SEC championship this year they don't control their own destiny but um, I, I still think a win here to to set up being an eleven and one team from the SEC West. It's just hard to envision the playoff leaving out eleven and one Ole Miss with a win over Georgia at Georgia should they get it, with their only loss being a close one in Tuscaloosa. So yeah, and it's an absolute free shot. They can play in this game. There there's no pressure. There's absolutely no pressure on on they'll probably still feel it, but I don't think there's an ounce of pressure on on Ole Miss On um, on next Saturday. I really don't. I mean, it it is just as relaxed and as free as they could or they should be as relaxed and as free as they could possibly play uh, next weekend. It really should just be a. um, A game where they put it all on the line and see what happens, you know. What do I think? Ole Miss had trouble getting to the quarterback. Only one sack. You think you hit him a bunch, but couldn't get a sack through nearly four quarters. Yeah, a And M's offensive line played well today, despite that being part of their weakness, as we talked about going into the game. Um, I mean, they should have had a, a bunch of sacks. I, I think Ole Miss stopped bringing additional pressure, and a And M also kept some guys in, in the box to, to help uh, with that as well. It, it wasn't, and it wasn't the best day for for Ole Miss's defense. I thought that um they were having so much success bringing extra bodies and they kind of went away from that and then got conservative on the edges at some points in the second half as well um and then when they when they dialed up pressure on the final possession look at how often they got to uh to johnson but johnson did a good job of getting the ball out uh that, that that's part of it for sure um and their their offensive front had a good day did almost really only have that one sack late on the last drive yes and they had about a a dozen almost sacks poor max johnson i mean like i said at the beginning i I just admired his toughness today i i, I really uh, like i gained for whatever it's worth to him which is nothing I, I gained a lot of respect for him uh with with the way he toughed it out today because he was getting his ass kicked uh, all day long and and just was still getting the ball off uh in time most of the time and uh yeah but the two turnovers the difference are uh, It was just one turnover, right? I guess turnover on downs counts as one. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, and A&M fumbled twice. Those would have been game changers. Had the ball bounced a different way, but they didn't. So, did I see Jimbo's interaction with Max Johnson after he threw the pick? Yes, uh, yes, I did. Uh, They got a little heated there, didn't it? Um, A couple of times on the sideline, there was a little bit of passion there between the two of them. If Georgia gets up today for Missouri, I wonder if they have it in them to get up emotionally for two games back-to-back. Back. Luckily for them, it is at home. I mean, that does help. and I mean, Ole Miss uh, had to play a physical kind of emotional game uh, today as well. Uh, so um, probably a wash there, but it looks like they've got their hands full. They're up three in the first quarter. Maybe they, they run away with it, but uh, I will definitely be watching when um, when when we're done here. So, yeah. Hopefully Rebel Nation travels well to Athens. A lot of Georgia uh, in, in the Ole Miss alumni base. So, yeah, you would you would hope so for sure. What exactly is the scenario necessary to get Ole Miss into the SEC championship game this season and LSU win tonight and what else? Um. So I think we looked at it, and, and it, it comes down to the record of Ole Miss's East uh, – Opponents versus Alabama and LSU's East opponents because every other tiebreaker is they will all have a win against the other same record against the rest of the West and it's like the seventh one and it would still favor LSU um, thanks in part to to Missouri uh, being their East opponent and, and Ole Miss would be the only team to have played Vanderbilt so I think it'll still come down to LSU um, uh, unless you you get some dramatic changes on the the record of their east opponents you know you need Vanderbilt to win you need Vanderbilt to beat Auburn today for example I mean that would help some but I think that's what it is so frankly i I thought about this a lot I I can't help but wonder if you would rather Alabama just went out and you beat Georgia and you be an 11-1 SEC West team done playing as opposed to having to beat Georgia twice and go to the SEC championship game I think that you might have a better chance of getting in the playoff, having only with having to only beat Georgia one time and asking for help elsewhere than to beat Georgia, get the help that you need elsewhere, right? With with these teams losing and, and all the tiebreakers and stuff. And then beating Georgia again, I think it would be better, just thinking out loud, if You just won eleven and one. Alabama went to the SEC championship. They win, so Alabama's in. Winner of Ohio State and Michigan is in, and then you get, you know, um, Texas and Oklahoma. One of them's got to beat each other. I mean, did did Texas survive Kansas State today? See, this is why. This is why I don't like doing post game lives. Is other stuff is happening and I missed it all. But I I do think you you have a better chance at chaos uh, elsewhere at eleven and one than you do beating Georgia twice, if uh if that makes sense. Chaos in college football almost always happens. So I think you would um have a better chance at uh at that. So Arkansas beat Florida today. Wow, I missed the ending of that. See, I'm talking to you guys. I'm just wasting my day away. How dare I? Texas did beat Kansas State in uh in overtime. That's uh that's a shame. That would have, I think, helped uh old Mrs. Cost, but um Anyway, call you crazy, but you wouldn't bet against this team. You like your chance, like Ole misses chances next weekend. Um, I, I st- I'm going to have a hard time with that this week because I I got to see what Georgia looks like for the next t- three quarters. Uh, th- that's when I'll I'll have a better gauge of what I think uh, about this game. But yes, counting this team out's a stupid endeavor. I mean, they, they've proven that time and time again this year. Counting them out at various spots uh, has been a really stupid thing to do because they just keep responding and they keep winning in different ways and they they really got humbled in Tuscaloosa and a week later played their best offensive football anyway and had a great fourth quarter defensively and beat LSU you know I mean they are very resilient and they should be very relaxed next Saturday so anyway thank you guys so much Uh, I'm gonna go back watch some more football because because I'm going to go back and watch some more football, but appreciate you. Uh, please like the video and uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Also, if you're watching after, uh, leave some comments. Comments uh, help me as well, so like and comment as well if, uh, if you're watching even after uh, the live is over. I'll see you guys tomorrow night, 745, roughly 745, for a, just a weekend recap live stream. I'll see you then. Uh, You guys have a great rest of your Saturday. Ole Miss fans, enjoy your win, and I'll talk to you uh, in about 27 and a half hours or so. See you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.